This episode of Uncontrolled Airspace is made possible by the support of our generous listeners. For over seven years, we've been thrilled to enjoy the financial support and useful feedback of our awesome listeners. For information on how you can join the conversation in our forums, put something in the UCAP tip jar, or even become an underwriter of a UCAP episode, visit the UCAP homepage at uncontrolledairspace.com. But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat in the house. It's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? We're going to do a podcast. Yeah. And there's no list. We're doing it without it. Well, actually, I have a little list right here. See, so. We're doing it without a net, without, without a list? Without a list. Okay. Without a list. Okay. So, uh, so, so here we are. Welcome to Oshkosh. Welcome, welcome to Oshkosh. We had that conversation last night. Well, we had a different kind of a version of conversation. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is a full-blown episode. This is, we're going to talk for about an hour, 45 minutes or so. Uh-huh. Got some interesting guests that are going to join right, us. And, right. uh, um, but uh, it's, uh, it's, what day is today? It's Saturday. All day. Saturday, uh, two days before the open, official opening day of right. uh, AirVenture 2014. Right. And uh, we've, uh, we've gathered at the appointed place, and we're just going to talk for a few minutes about uh, the, 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 the air show, the fly-in that we're expecting right. here. Right. So, uh, it's starting out, and I don't know, you have different responsibilities. I feel a little mellow about this whole thing at this point, but you probably don't well, for different reasons. It's, uh, I, I, yes, I, <clears throat> yes, you're right, I don't feel all that mellow about it, but at the same time, it's not uh, out of control. Yep. Um, we, we've got, you know, some some new people and some, some new challenges uh, in making it all work. Now you're talking uh, about the newspaper. I'm talking about the newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now the reason I should jump in at this point and mention that the, the reason the newspaper is different for you this year, um, and we mentioned this on the daily, but for people who right. didn't listen to the first daily, I'll right. just say one more time that uh, um, um, I'm, I'm I don't know the right word here. I'm I'm certainly sad. I'm disappointed. I'm I'm kind of bummed out to to say all of the above that uh, Dave Higdon will not be with us here this year. Uh, Dave has been uh, due to a very serious personal matter. Uh, Dave is decided that he can't come up to Oshkosh this time. Um, so he's back in Wichita tending to his his, uh, his family matters. And no one's probably more bummed than he is. Yeah, and, and, and he's pretty bummed about it as well, but uh, but uh, he's he's doing the right thing. He's got to be there, and, and we understand. So we totally support him in this. Um, and, and lest anybody worry, uh, Dave's is, Dave's got no problem. Dave is not sick or, or anything like that. As we um, said last night, he's not sick. He's not in jail. He's not on the run this time. This time. But, uh, but he He's, uh, he's back in Wichita tending to his business, and uh, and we'll probably get him on the phone for a couple episodes right. later this week. Right. Um, and he'll certainly be with us on the podcast when we get back home later on. So um, we wish Dave well, and, and we're, we're thinking about him and, and his whole situation, and, and take care. All the above. Um, so we're here at AirVenture, and uh, uh, we're going to be joined a little bit later in this episode by James Winbrandt, um, and uh, is going to be sort of our, our every episode this week is going to have sort of a, a guest host. Uh, to to try and fill in for Dave, I, I, we're not going to let them know that that's their job because it's scary. And, and right? of course, no one can can fill those those those, um, those shoes. Those I'm yeah. going to say loafers, but that's not right. That's, yeah, right. I know. No one can fear, fill those converses. Yeah. So, uh, but we are going to have some 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 other folks visiting with us throughout the week, and uh, we're looking forward to that. 
Um, well, we, we, don't we also have Jack Pelton later today? Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk to a little bit later in this episode. We're going to talk, talk with uh, with EAA Chairman of the Board Jack Pelton uh-huh. uh, about uh, what uh, his uh, thoughts are and his expectations are mm-hmm. about the uh, show mm-hmm. this year, this week. But uh, but what are you th- looking forward to? I mean, I, I know you've got a different situation. Yeah, You're going to be tied I, down a lot. But uh, on one level, I'm just looking to get through it. Yeah. But what um, are the stories? And, I, and not to ask you, not anything that you obviously are embargoed on, but, sure. uh, but you know, what, what have you seen past before you that sounds interesting this week? Well, uh, anything in particular? I, I think the uh, from a thirty thousand foot viewpoint, I mean, one of the interesting things that we're going to see at, here this this year at Oshkosh is what I would consider to be continuation of the um, the networking of the personal airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've talked about this offline. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Garmin is uh, uh, advertising, um, introducing some new products. For their, it's top of the line uh, um, glass panels and uh, um, um, stack uh, avionics <clears throat> that um, um, appear, and I don't know all the details yet, but certainly appear to uh, apply some some networking capabilities to those boxes. Um, I, I would think at a minimum we're looking at uh, um, being able to control. Um, an installed uh, piece of avionics from a compatible uh, device like an iPad or a, an Android tablet, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I say that I'm going out a little bit on a limb because none of this is really official and I haven't seen too many details, but that's certainly what it appears to be coming down, appears to be coming down the pike from Garmin. We're also going to see similar products and capabilities from other vendors. Now, when you say network, is it are they networked together with like Ethernet or something like that? No, that's that's although that might be coming down the pike. Um, um, again, I'm I'm a little soft on specifics, but what I'm what I'm seeing and, and thinking about and hearing is uh, capabilities built into the box, both with hardware and software, that um, allows the device to be controlled. Like maybe you're going to enter a flight plan or edit a flight plan on the fly. And rather than reach up and do a bunch of knob twisting, guys, we got a little keypad thing here right in okay. our lap. And we should be able to use that in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And that, that, to me, seems to be the direction in which uh, um, uh, some of these uh, newer products are going to be right. going. Now, uh, you, you, you really you know, kind of looked at the elephant in the room when you say, right, what do you mean networking with Ethernet some of these boxes? That's going on in, at some levels in larger... Aircraft, certainly transport category aircraft, um, it's trickling down a little bit to to business and corporate aircraft also. Where um, if if for no other purpose than in-flight entertainment, you've got um, a lot of experience in the industry already with networking via e- Ethernet and via Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those experiences, to my knowledge anyway, have 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 turned out badly. So it's logical that the next step would be to start looking at how to network um, various um, data uh, sure. that, are, that, sure. is, that is, I won't say critical, but certainly important to the navigation or communications uh, from the airplane. Yeah. Um, in addition, we also have this thing out there called ADSB. Mm-hmm. And ADSB, uh, which will be mandated for certain airspace on January 1, 2020, uh, is not that much. It, it's a much more 
well-defined standard and it has a lot more things going on with it. But at, at, its, at a very root level, it's nothing more than a networking protocol. That's interesting. I never thought well, of it that way. When you think but, of it, uh, when yeah. you look at it, it, it from thirty thousand foot viewpoint. Yeah, okay. So, so you mentioned Garmin. Are there other vendors, manufacturers we should watch? For L this kind L3 of stuff? Communications is coming out with a box. Um, uh, can't really talk too much about it, but uh, okay. Uh, well, until, until until they come out with yeah. their advertise, their, their I should say their press conference on uh, uh, well earlier this week uh, or early in the week, um, they're going to have some kind of a. Um, solution that uh, uh, they call it links L Y N X mm-hmm. that, uh, as the name implies, will will work to help link various disparate uh, devices mm-hmm. in in a personal aircraft. Now, it's not known to me, you know, yet anyway. What uh, what form factor this box will take? Is it going to be panel install? Is it going to be you know behind the panel, under the seats? Um, Will it work via Wi-Fi? Will it work via cables? Will it work via uh, uh, Ethernet Cat5? What the what the, uh, the some of the particulars are, and, and what its true capabilities will be. I think one of the one of the things will be um, um, kind of this is going to be version one of some of this, and where it goes from there is anybody's guess. The 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 big, the big enchilada, if you will, um, is has been and will continue to be getting internet service to the personal airplane. Right, and um, we might even see you know some uh, basic forward-looking announcements uh, well, how, uh, from that. How uh, how do you see that being used in in the cockpit? Well, Just I as s- another way to get weather. Another or? way to get uh, in-flight. Uh, uh, information associated with operating the airplane, whether it's weather, whether it's um, um, flight plan changes, clearances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the higher, the heavier are, and the higher level um, uh, avionics installed in, in transport category aircraft already has um, text-based uh, data transfers between ATC and the aircraft. In, that information can, in fact, include position reports and clearances. Yeah. Right. So it's not that big a leap from doing that. And these aircraft, of course, have you know satellite-based internet and and other protocols installed um, that these messages are carried over. Uh, it's not a huge leap from that down to um, uh, a top-of-the-line Garmin unit or. Or uh, an Avidyne unit, or, or something like that, to get um, that kind of capability. The one thing that's missing, of course, is a low cost. Low cost being a relative term, um, and um, right-sized set of uh, devices that actually give us internet in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. That's yeah. interesting. Obviously, yeah. it's did. it's it, and it may not all come this year at Oshkosh, but it is coming, and we're going to see incremental progress yeah. to, okay. toward that direction this year at yeah. Oshkosh. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see any drone activity? So drones are <coughs> drones, of course, are a big, big deal in the world these days, um, and uh, you know, the, be, both good and bad. People trying to use them, and people trying to stop 
us from using them and, and whatnot. And uh, so I believe drones are actually explicitly called out in the NOTAM this year or in, in the TFR or something like that? Is There's rules about flying drones around here, which is to say don't. I've, I've missed that. Um, I think I saw that someplace, and uh, I confess I brought my drone. I have a new drone. So, I, so I've got the quadcopter that I bought years ago that right, we played right, with. All right. Right. Um, well, that's like just ancient technology. Oh, sure. Now, that's right? like Wright Brothers. And stuff. so I recently bought a much smaller one that's, that's more sophisticated, has better self, you know, self-stabilization and things like that. And, um, and so and I, and I, was, when I was packing, I was looking at it, and I was thinking, should I bring that? Yeah, it would be a real troublemaker if I bring that to Oshkosh, right? You know, so. But uh, so I, I decided I'm bringing it to Oshkosh, but I commit to, I, I will never fly it outdoors except when the airport's closed, if I even fly it outdoors. Well, so, which just means tie down party. Right, which means tie down party. But here's the here's the problem with that. Yeah. Um, however, and I'm going to use the. Wouldn't word, it be cool to have some aerial shots of the tie down party? Here, here's the thing, as as and I'm going to use the word fouled up as fouled up as the FAA is yeah. relative to its regulatory uh, um, uh, stance. Yeah. Uh, on on drones. The one thing that the FAA steadfastly, one of the things the FAA steadfastly maintains is that drones shall not be operated within five miles of an airport. <laughs> well, okay. But after 8 o'clock every night, it's not an airport it's, It is an airport. It doesn't say an open airport or a towered airport. It says an airport. So... Well, maybe I ought to rethink the situation. You should maybe leave it in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. All right. Um, so, I don't know. You, you flew to Oshkosh again, as you always do. I did. And, and when we spoke during the uh, daily last <laughs> night, you, you hinted that there was more to this story. Is there something else you well, want to tell us? Is, the, the, the flight was a good one. Were I, you given a phone number over the radio? No, or? no, but, but, but hold that thought. Okay. Okay. So, I basically broke it up into two legs, uh, uh, jumped out of Hidden River and, and flew up to Chattanooga, Tennessee area, uh-huh. uh, stopped, had lunch with a uh, close friend and, and close friend of the podcast, Jonathan Hardwick. Oh really? Okay. Um, um, he, uh, we, we, we've kind of gotten into a routine here the last couple of years. Well, I'll stop off and and uh, pay my respects, and we'll go get a great little barbecue lunch, oh. and uh, check out the local airport he's at, and, and and fram around for a couple hours. Breaks up the day. Yeah. Um, get to see you know Jonathan and catch up with him. Get you know my belly filled, and top off the tanks and, and motor off towards Oshkosh. So mm-hmm. Did that again this year. Um, Assaulted by thunderstorms uh, coming out of Tampa, uh, Atlanta was getting clobbered. The RJs were coming on uh, uh, the frequency and saying, "Look, we've been doing um, left-hand turns in this holding pattern in 20-mile legs. Can we do right-hand turns now?" <laughs> I, I swear. And, and then somebody else, "Hey, can we do that too? And can we get 20-mile legs also?" And, 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 and uh, one guy with an N number, it wasn't a carrier. He's like, yeah, we're declaring a fuel emergency. We're going to go to Birmingham and, you know, sayonara and y'all have fun uh, kind of thing. So that was all very interesting. And I'm just motoring on through. I got plenty of gas and, and I'm dodging yeah. the storms. I'm not trying to get to Atlanta, so I'm golden. So um, stop and have lunch um, with uh, Jonathan and, and motor on up towards Oshkosh. So nothing really remarkable about the trip from, from Chattanooga to Oshkosh. I land at Oshkosh. I'm taxiing in to the week's hangar where they, where they put my airplane for the week. And I'm still on the tower frequency. And I hear the tower controller say, Who just landed on 1-8? <laughs> yeah. Identify yourself. <laughs> okay. This is the first time 
in my career I have ever literally heard crickets on the ATC frequency. Okay. So wait, was this a controller? This was the controller. Okay. Okay. Who just landed on one eight? And there's literally crickets. No one says a word. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know if, if I was where I was in the shutdown sequence, but I'm listening intently. And doesn't say nothing happens for like 30 seconds. No, on 1-8. This wasn't you who landed this was on not, I landed on 2-7. All right, okay. <laughs> it wasn't me. Right. And, and then the controller apparently... That's, that's your story. That's, that's, that's my it. story and I'm sticking to it. Controller apparently grabs a pair of binoculars and says, All right, 7 Mike Alpha, um... um What's your register? Oh, well, call, call the... Uh, um, oh, and, and the bike clicks off. The guy is madder than a, a, a nest of wet hornets. Uh, and no one else is saying a word. And the guy, apparently, 7 Mike Alpha, or whatever his end number was, he never said a word that I heard. And I don't know how it all got resolved, but that was the angriest I had ever seen a controller. And, of course, welcome to Oshkosh. <laughs> well, was, we was, need to look into this and find it, out what's going on I'm, here. It's, At the very least, we got to track down the live ATC we gotta track uh, that archive down. on yeah. this. Yeah. To, uh, we should track that down. Well, all right. But uh, I, that was that was one of the funniest things I'd seen, heard. Uh, funny for you. Funny, not so much not, funny for Mike Alpha there. Well, right? dude, you know, you landed a tower at the airport without getting the clearance, and you got to pay the pipe. Oh, you think that's what was going on? He just came in he just in. motored. Now, here's the punchline, or one of the punchlines. The the facility director that I had says that the Oshkosh Airport was towered until 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And ostensibly the tower closes at 8 p.m. Well, it's A, it's still daylight at 8 p.m. this time of year in Oshkosh. B, the tower was still in operation. I landed about 8.10, mm-hmm. and I had an ATC clearance to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this was about 8.15, thereabouts the same evening the tower was still open now i don't know if seven mike alpha uh had simply presumed that the tower was closed and motored on in i don't know if the guy had a radio yeah okay okay. um i don't know anything more than what i just told you Uh but someone obviously didn't get the word it's too bad we don't have some connection to the media where we could like go it, ask. It's, it's well, really difficult these days to actually have something like that. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Well, okay. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so that was. Well, that it sounds was, like it was a good adventure. A yeah, nice it was, day. It was a good I mean, adventure. You know, and, 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 lunch uh, with Jonathan and yeah. th- dodging thunderstorms and yeah. hearing ATC go a little nuts on both ends of the trip. And yeah. uh, you know, so yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk to uh, EAA Chairman of the Board, Jack Pelton. And then after Jack, we'll uh, be back, and uh, James Winbrand is going to join us. Very good. Convention delegates will now hear the report from the Rules Committee. Please heed the following. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. Jack Poulton, welcome to Uncontrolled Airspace. How are you doing? Thank you. It's great to be here again with you. We had a, a good chat last year. Glad you're back and enjoying the show. Yeah, well, we wouldn't miss it if it's at all possible. So uh, here we are. Back in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's starting out to be a beautiful week. It's a beautiful day here. It's, uh, what is it, Saturday noontime right now, and uh, things are still being set up. Tell us a little bit about what's going on around the grounds and, and, uh, and what might be new this year. 
Well, you know, on a Saturday when you get here, you get to really see what's going on behind the scenes of of what everybody sees Monday morning. And at this point, you say, oh, my gosh, I hope it all comes together and gets done. I mean, it's a city literally being built in, in a week's amount of time. Um, very excited about this week. I, I think as you get a chance to go over and see our membership tent, we're paying honor to Paul with a really nice tribute. It's a... It's kind of a display you walk through, and it has a historical year-by-year, year, some of what we refer to as Paulisms. But those Paulisms really are the essence of what EA is all about. So I, I encourage everybody to get over and look at that. Red one, certainly, in there. Um, so that's the kind of the, the cornerstone of the week. Mm-hmm. Then as the rest of the week unfolds, we've been working. It's, it's an incredible process to try to get the Thunderbirds not only here, but to be able to execute on what their demands are. The aerobatic box gets uh, enlarged, which means we have to move people on the east side of the field out of their residence, businesses, and hangars for one hour on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we had to personally go knock on doors and create places where they could go that would not be disruptive for them. So we're setting up tents over there that they can go watch the show from, mm-hmm. and, Yeah, um, you know, asking for... A, yeah, it's not big... often... We have a friend over there, and it's not often you get a party invite that includes the sort of, you know, the paragraph that says, and oh, at, at whatever time, 2 o'clock, we all have to abandon the house because of the the, uh, the jet team. It's at 5 o'clock, 5 yeah. to 6. So every We try to push it back so it wouldn't disrupt parties. And I learned a lot about those parties this last three or four months more than you ever wanted well actually i'm kind of sorry i haven't ever got invited <laughs> i mean it's uh there's some institutional parties that have you know great numbers of people in front and i you know sitting in the backyard of some of these folks and and listening about it it's it's their ea community that's over there like we try to do here i mean they're people that have gotten together for years they they've been coming they watch the show they socialize it's what ea is all about yeah, yeah well at least one of them over there is a is a ucap listener so we'll hook you up and uh, <laughs> What else is? What else is? Well, there's two kinds of questions. First of all, what highlights are we expecting this year? Uh, you mentioned Thunderbirds. You mentioned uh, the Thunderbirds. The tribute to Paul every day with flying some of the airplanes that were important to him. Kicking off the week, Honda's bringing their first production jet, which uh, has been in work for quite some time. But this is the one that's actually going to be delivered when they accomplish certification. So there, while that may not be important to anybody who isn't a jet person, it is important to EA because. Honda views this as the place that innovation occurs, and that's why they continue to come back year after year. They want this audience to understand what they're doing, which I think says a lot to eat about EAA. Um, we've asked the folks from Valdez, Alaska, to come down, and they're doing actually a demonstrated contest each day on the throat of the main runway where you'll see those little airplanes take off in 50 feet and land. Oh, the uh, that short takeoff thing. Yeah, yeah okay. Which is, sure. a, you know... Everybody watches on YouTube because Valdez, Alaska is probably the farthest port northwest of here that you could possibly get. But they're here, and that's going to be exciting. Uh, a lot of great warbirds again this year. Uh, just a lot going on every day. And as, we know, as we're sitting here right now, the one-week wonder. Yeah, the one-week wonder. We, we're very excited about that. I, I, are, are a lot of other people seem to be excited as well? They are. Last night I went out to the uh, home-built campground area, and they have kind of their volunteer kickoff uh, brought fry last night to talk about this. And... What we're excited about is this was done once a long time ago in more than a week. And it's not about getting it done in a week so much as exposing people to the fact that you too can actually do this. The price point's affordable. It's not the $400,000 Cessna 172. It's you know it's a $25,000 kit that can get you a little bit of mechanical expertise or a lot of good friends. You can actually put an airplane together mm-hmm. and go be part of aviation in the air. So... This is critical for us. I mean, we think this is, again, kind of what we owe 
the association to the rest of the aviation industry to show people things are possible. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not out, we're advocating and, and trying to ensure that the regulatory environment, all that's appropriate, but we also want to show people it's possible to participate. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask, beyond the show, how is EAA doing? How's the last year been for you personally, but, but what, how do you think that last year has been reflected by the association? You know, I think EA is in a great place. Our membership's strong. It's actually grown. Um, so that's a good, good. We've ta- matter of fact, we have more life members join this year than we have in a long time. Um, it, it, your, your question, it's a complex answer because there's been so many moving pieces. You know, we went into last year with the FAA uh, control tower, went to a lawsuit, got a contract in place that, you know, I know our members aren't necessarily pleased with, but it's the only way we can keep this going until we pursue other options, which we hope to do through Congress. Uh, so you had that going on post-air venture. Um, we're working really hard on the medical exemption, which, you know, keep our fingers crossed, the FAA administrator is going to be here this week. And personally, if I were him, I wouldn't show up unless I had something in hand that was... Kevlar. <laughs> Kevlar or, you know, first thing out of his pocket is if, if he... But we don't know if he's going to um, talk about the exemption. He'll, he will talk about it, but he told us in May that we were going to have an NPRM in place, and here we're sitting in end of July, and that hasn't happened. So uh, he's he can either be a hero or yeah. a goat, depending on what happens this it, week. It sounds like you're not even certain he's going to be here. Or oh, no, he's going to be here. He's going to be and here. And we huh? have a form uh, to the sure. chat with the administrator, and if I were him, I'd quickly grab the mic and say, if I got good news for you, just to prevent the... Uh, the hard questions he's going to have to answer going forward. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting back to uh, to uh, Air Venture fourteen, uh, a few changes to the grounds. It seems um, a- anything that's a particular highlight for you or for the staff. Yeah, probably the biggest is our EA presence. We wanted to make sure this year. I, you know, this is our show. I mean, we need to be front and center, and that's why what we call this four corners area, a significantly de- different membership tent. Um, our mission, which is relative to chapters and, and the Young Eagle activity, that that's in our Pathways Pavilion, that we can show people a path to learning to fly. So we've got three simulators in there also, uh, which we think is very, very important. That's over here in the tent that's labeled Pathways Pavilion. Yes, it is. Right at, at what we call the four-corner area on Celebration mm-hmm. Way in Nap. Um, our one-week wonder and our insurance. But we wanted to make, you know, this, we, we've always been understated. And I don't mean that in a showy way, but... This is a member event, so we got to make sure we, right, you know, right. we stand tall yeah. because their dues are paying for, sure, for a lot of this. Sure, we have a new sponsor out here on the uh, big ramp. We do, and and this um, it's kind of a dream come true for me in a in a, in a strange sense. Mm-hmm. In that I've been here for many many years as a kid as a EA member. Then with my career, it ended up making me an exhibitor, and then now being being chairman of the board. So why didn't we have a major aerospace company as the sponsor of, of the plaza? And this year we were very, very fortunate that Boeing has made a commitment to be the, the plaza sponsor, and we hope that will, will go for years to come. But this is an aviation event, and I know we've been criticized with having a lot of non-aviation stuff here, but Boeing is saying, I, I think I get it. We want to be here for a couple of years and, and try it. Now they've got... Um, you know, simulation companies. They've got military. They've got commercial. They've got space, which is a big part of it. And what could be better than to have them as the, the plaza sponsor? Yeah. And you know, they are America's aviation company, the largest company in aviation that's American owned. What about you, Jack? You kind of were drafted, uh, corralled, shanghaied into this position. 
Um, you've, you've done an excellent job by all accounts uh, in it. Um, what's next for the chairman position? What's next for you? Do you want to continue to do this? I am. Um, as you must have been sitting in our car driving in this morning, my wife and I, at about 730. Um, she's out volunteering in, a, in an area of kind of hosting some of our donors and VIPs and board members. And she was going through her got to make sure we have good documentation so that whoever can step in next has, has got the playbook. And she says, so when is that? Well, I've still, I made a three-year commitment for the chairmanship with, if the board wants to renew it, an additional three. So I'm probably four more years of this. Okay. Uh, so you're, because you're two yeah. years into that now. Right? I'm, this will be my, I'm not, I'm not even actually a full, I'll be two years in October into the year. Yeah, okay. But who's keeping track? Yeah, right. Who's counting, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. your wife is. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's, you know, she's. She understands how we ended up in this. Uh, the need was there, and the fact we had the, the time to be able to do it. So um, she's very supportive and loves this industry. I mean, this for her, you know, again, back in that EA spirit, she loves coming every, here every year because she gets to see all her friends because she was in the aviation industry also. So, um, you know, she's already got this, the folks down at Cessna. they got a little the girls' evening planned, and so she goes over and visits her friends at Cirrus and everywhere else so it's 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 fun for her yeah, yeah. a few other changes i've noticed around here the uh let's see over in the forums plaza um you've taken down a yes. few more of the older buildings and replaced them with new ones what's that all about you know we got we had a a, a multi-year vision of what we wanted to do with the grounds and it kind of took a a two-year hiatus of so through all the turnover and turmoil that was occurring so this year, I said, we got to get back on track of, of what's our priority is going to be for where we're going to make capital investments. Uh, the home-built area, to me, had always been underserved. We had a, a very ugly building in that area that, as you headed north towards Warbridge, you got to an area that you said, gee, this doesn't look like EA. So phase one was to get rid of the old building, put in some greenscape. Uh, phase two will be to redo the outside of the other buildings in that area and get that to be a a center of home-built activity like we have at Vintage and like we have at the Warbird area. And I'm really pleased with where we are for Phase 1. You get down there and see the greenscape. This year we've got to convince some of the manufacturers that that would be a great area for them to display in. So right. it's it's, uh, it's kind of the old show-me. They want to see it, and, and then next year we'll I think it'll be bigger and stronger in that area. Yeah. And the uh, the airport fence seems to be in a different uh, location. Is that an EAA thing, or uh, is that a Whitman no. Field thing? No, that's a... Uh, Thank TSA and uh, your federal tax dollars, and and I mean I, I've watched this for the last year, yeah. shaking my head, saying, why would we at, at you know at Oshkosh Airport Whitman Field, be putting in an enormous perimeter road that had to cost a small fortune, new fencing all the way around, yeah. and while I would would uh, you know tongue in cheek saying what's the threat? I mean there's no commercial air traffic right. that comes into here. Again, it was just. Federal TSA dollars that sure. were available. We've seen this at a number of airports. The, the that, that other fly-in down the road in Florida had to do the same kind of thing. They did. And, uh, it, and, uh, uh, you just shake your head and say, I think we got a lot of other... Yeah. We we could have paid for a lot of controllers with that money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Uh, well, there we go. Now, on, on the brights, I mean, if you look at it with the glass being half full, it does relieve in the south end some of the traffic off the main highway. We can now run the trams back to the west on that road. Uh, near the ultralight area, which maybe that will be a, a positive sure, at it, sure. and emergency vehicles can get yeah. around. But you know, yeah. like all of us, it's, change is hard, sure. and so in the North Forty camping area, we're used to be able to pull your plane up all the way against the fence to the west and hang your towels out to dry at night. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. So, 
I haven't made it all the way down to the south end this year. Anything changed down there by the ultralights or uh, vintage and all the, that? Uh, just small continual improvements. Yep. You know, we've put water fountains now in more locations because there was a lot of controversy over, oh, you're just trying to sell us water bottles. Well, no. We put in, I think it's over 20 new water fountains on the property that have a special area where you can put a water bottle and refill a water bottle, which I think is a you know yeah, great idea and a sure. good idea. All built by volunteers. They really look great. Um, some better grading down at the south end so that we can open up more parking. Hopefully next year, we're trying to get a grass strip down to the south end, south to the west end. We, we always get... Uh, members concerned wanting this is for the, t- the serious tail dragger crowd the, the serious no tail wheel kind of thing no for also those guys that just feel a little more safe yeah okay landing in grass and mm-hmm. and as my buddies all say saving their tires which right. <laughs> tried that <laughs> i know they just yeah. think it's easier yeah. <laughs> tried that a couple of years ago wasn't there an area that was designated as there a grass was. strip and like and we it had was used airplane. for a couple of days right and we had one airplane and it wasn't uh the NOTAM was a little fuzzy. We had one airplane use it. They landed the wrong way, so that didn't make the airport real yeah. happy. But yeah. So this would be off on a field that's over there, but with taxi access coming in here. And so I, hopefully it'll get some of the, the, the true tail, tail skid kind of airplanes. And then other people who just, they're nervous if it's a crosswind or if there's mm-hmm. issues that they can get in and out yeah. of. Any predictions? Predictions. Let's see. I think the crowds are going to be larger. I think that can you can pretty much bank on that. Our advanced sales are already up significantly. Um, I wish I could I could come up with some pithy prediction, but I okay. What what what? what give me a lead on that. Um. Wow, that's a good one. You you, you turned it right back on me. <laughs> that was just superb. Um. Do you think the Thunderbirds are going to want to come back? I think all the jet teams are going to want to be here. I think the real question will be is are Can we fend them off? Yeah, can we fend them off? And I don't think it's an every year thing for us. One, I don't think we need them every year. Um, we want to maintain that not being dependent on a, on a jet team crowd. Um, so I think that'll be, that'll be yeah. the issue. We had a, we had a year just a couple of years ago where we had a many many fewer of the military aircraft. We did, and and we seemed to do fine that year. We did, and I think you know I'm already looking at next year, and so so if you want to know if I'm still going to be around, Bert Rutan's got some exciting stuff that he may bring next year, and and I've been talking with him. Oh really? Hoping to bring be... a little more of yeah. the space stuff next year, and we're still digging out. There's a lot of great projects in work that are about to be completed. Um, there's a there's a uh, Lufthansa Connie ins- uh, re- restoration that's being done. Mm-hmm. I think up upstate New York. Uh, there's one also in at uh, TWA's old headquarters in Kansas. City. So we're you know we're we're keeping those lists going of yeah. what's out there and what can we Connie what can would we be a beautiful thing parked out on the really yeah, yeah yeah especially yep. if it's a polished one right? yeah yeah so there's you know there's a lot that we can do and bring and mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's some some Boeing wants to get more involved in the plaza. They're doing some eco demonstrator uh, work with 787 using uh, biofuels and things that we can we can bring. So lots of interesting stuff. Yeah, they're, they're taxiing the uh, 
the uh, V-Jet. This is a talk about Burt Rutan. This is yeah. a, a Burt Rutan design. It was a proof of concept thing for those Williams jets early on, early jet engines. And uh, always a favorite of mine. I was really sad that it only flew for a little while and then got retired. You know, and I, I think a lot of people have heard that there's a hangar, and I think it's in Mojave, that Burt has a, a the next vehicle to get stuff into space that's the equivalent of 2747 side by side, the wingspan, oh, and the really? hangar's that big. You know that would be that would be nice. That would we, be perfect. On we got a space right exactly. Out there for we right? do a little bit of space. Out Just there. a little, yeah. 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 Right. But you know it'd be so fitting. Yeah. Well, we know you're real busy. We'll let you go. Um, anything we haven't asked you about that you want to tell us about? Uh, I'm, I'm always curious to know whether there's something that's going to happen this week that hasn't been getting a lot of talk that you think is just going to be very very cool. You know this this year. There aren't any surprises. I mean, last year I think we had a couple we didn't announce that, that popped up, and, and that isn't the case this year because we're we're really focusing on things that we can promote to get people to come out and see, like the one week wonder, the Valdez contest, and some of the the just the great planes that we know are going to be here on display. So yeah, no surprises, no predictions. Yeah. Great. Anything else, Jim? That's it. Thank All you, right. Jack. Very Thank you very much, Jack Pelton, the chairman of the board of EAA. Hi, this is Jack. We've said it before, and it bears repeating, that maybe the most pleasant surprise of doing this podcast all these years has been meeting our listeners at fly-ins and just wandering around at airports. You talking with us and sharing your aviation experiences has helped us broaden our knowledge and enjoyment of flying. Thank you. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that we also appreciate the financial support we get from our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. It doesn't need to be very much. Just 10 or $15 over the span of a year is a big, big help. So thanks for listening, and please make sure you track us down and say hi at the next fly-in. And we're back. That was great of Jack Pelton to spend a few t- minutes with us. Absolutely. and uh, you know, appreciate his time. Yeah, he's got to be one of the busiest guys on the field right now, racing around, uh, overseeing things, and meeting VIPs and visitors. And But he also seems to be one of the people enjoying it. He really does. Yeah, the most. He yeah. really does. Yeah. I've only met him two or three or four times, uh, but each time he just seems like a really nice, really regular guy. And and my personal view is the things that are happening under his, I don't know, tenure, administration, whatever, are all very positive. His leadership. His leadership, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, James Winbrand is with us here now, too. And uh, you were mentioning uh, before we started recording that you met Jack Pelton for the first time today. And, uh, I have brushed shoulders or come across and said hello but yes i saw him at one of the the mass fly-ins actually for i saw him at both but we talked at cessna's mass gathering as i noted him i must bring back some memories seeing all those various cessna models and he said it sure does uh had a conversation with one of the people there about particular parts that uh were problematic and now the the fix that is available in the marketplace and i actually met his lovely wife as well yeah so so good guy seems to be doing a great job running eaa and uh you know more and more hope he hangs around for a while so what's going on we uh we talked a little bit in the first segment about what we thought was happening uh uh, uh, james wasn't around but uh we we talked a little bit about this uh interconnected cockpit idea that that jeb is uh is is hot for this year and uh 
uh, you misunderstand. I, not so much I'm hot for them. I'm, I'm anticipating what some of these developments yeah, are. Yeah, no, I, and I, I see yeah. what you're going. I, and, and it makes some sense. It could, you know, interconnecting the devices is certainly a big thing in, in personal, you know, computing and that Absolutely. kind of thing. So it, it makes sense to go the next step and interconnect the devices in the cockpit as well. well James, what have you been up to? Uh, so you've been here for a couple of days. Yes. And, well, uh, one, and if I may just go back to that connecting things in the cockpit, I... First of all, I've got a little more than five years till 2020 and my ADSB solution, what I'm going to do about that. And this interconnected thing, I'm looking not so much the, the cockpit. I like the cabin concept, as we see in business aircraft, where your smart devices will work on board there with anything. So, yes, I would like to be able to pick up things if there is some digital avionics in my panel, I would like them to communicate with my iPad, but I would also like my iPad and other things to be able to communicate with the Internet when I'm in the air. That is going to be the really liberating moment, that's, that's, I think. Yeah, I've said that for some time. That's the really big thing for general aviation mm-hmm. is getting in-cockpit Internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but... But, yes, back to your, your previous uh, comment about my tenure here. It's actually about 24 hours at this yeah, point, okay. a little longer. But, but you've had a chance to look around. What, I mean, even before you got here, was there anything in particular you were looking forward to that you were th- thought this is going to be interesting? Well, I've year? heard of some th- I, the I know that there are some new announcements coming out. We're going to see the MVP tomorrow, which is uh, supposedly sort of an icon competitor. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, that's right. I can't talk about that. <laughs> I hate embargoes, man. I just hate it. Well, you know, and well, we won't I even go into that. Blue and embargo. I don't know or not. I don't. Yeah, you haven't. I mean, it's it's been reported in in other media outlets yeah. that so. that MVP is announcing uh, tomorrow uh, an LSA amphibian. Uh, it has some interesting features, uh, which the market may or may not uh, uh, embrace. Um, it appears to be. Uh, uh, from a, a new company, but one that is well funded. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll, we'll talk about this maybe on tomorrow's daily or the next daily when we can speak more freely. But uh, I have to tell you, I have my, I have questions about this. I, I this this smacks of vaporware to me. All right, I, I want to know if this airplane is more than just bits and pixels. All right, I don't disagree with you. I, I'd like to see. Um, you know, a flying f- prototype, but we're not going to see that for a couple of three years. And they, yeah. Even they admit that. Yeah, so anyways, I, as I understand it, you're going to cover this tomorrow, so you can really tell yes, us about so this. Yes, so I will be able to speak right, it So let's just drop it and we'll move on because but, we're all kind of, you know, tongue-tied here because right. of various agreements we've But there is no made. doubt that there and is... And the streets till tomorrow uh, anyway. But, Probably. yeah. But when's the press conference? In the afternoon. Yeah, okay, this will be out before 3 p.m. To use a word popular among the podcast fans, there is a plethora of news coming out here. A lot of yeah. a lot of press conferences, press releases above previous years, and I think that speaks to some vitality. I know uh, Stemi, the German motor glider, I know, for example, they've, they've been making those airplanes for a couple of decades, selling them here. This year they're back. They're kind of reinvigorating their marketing. Oh, is that the, I saw that. I saw a note or an ad or something about that. So this is a new deal. This is a, a new push for them. Oh, yes, they're making a new push. And part, I got to to fly that aircraft about a month ago. And oh. It's a wonderful airplane and and glider, motor glider, motor glider. Okay. Yep. And I, people may have seen it and wonder a bit about it because it is the 
the motor glider from which a propeller seems to magically appear from the nose that there's no way it can fit in Oh, that. that's right. It's that one that folds up it along folds the up. streamline with the shape of the nose. Yes, yeah. and it is quite, uh, it's obviously a very sophisticated design, very precision, but as you're sitting in it and looking at it, there are certain Rube Goldberg aspects that are quite amazing, but it does everything yeah. it says. You can take off under power, climb, go cruising, stow that thing in a matter of about five seconds, re-employ it if you want. You do a touch and go. Yeah. You can land as a glider. I've never quite understood how these motor gliders that basically can do anything a traditional aircraft can do can still be flown without with the glider medical rules, which is to say self-certification and all that That's kind of thing. a great aspect of it. You could lose your medical, not even not get it, but be denied get this and then you can fly not you can only fly glider, this with a denied with the, medical yes a glider and then wow. you can use the motor on this so you could fly this thing ifr and have no medical no i mean not simply no medical a denied a medical, denied medical. unlike sport pilot Jeff, i which, see you look but i that's what they tell me there I, i'm not disagreeing with you i'm trying to parse all that out and as i say i'm not disagreeing with you the ifr thing has me has me pausing if the aircraft is is certified for IFR, then yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to go take a look. There's got to be one of them here, right, the aircraft? Yes, they're going to have an SV. It's always, it's always interested me how the motor glider seems to fall into that gray area. Yeah, I know, huh? Not needing a medical to fly. Mm-hmm. And this kind of carries it one step. Maybe we don't want to tell anybody about that. Well, that's... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> when the FAA gets hold of this, it's like, wait, stop, stop it. What? We did what? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so uh, um, we're going to talk to Steve Tupper probably later in the week, and he's big on motor gliders mm. these days, so maybe he can give us some I insights. I him giving my best. Being a motor glider guy and a lawyer and uh, Steve Tupper, uh, all right, and, he may have and some and insights. Stephen and, uh, Force. And Stephen there Force. See how that fits into things here. So uh, what else? What else have you seen? Anything? Well, I, of course, or, or, we've or, just gotten to work today, so yeah, we're just looking kind of forward to, looking you know? at, uh, I'm looking forward to Sonics tomorrow. We're going to probably have a little more news about the JET program. I understand uh, another program of theirs we're going to hear some more news about. Oh, something other than the JET. Yes. I don't think it's a new program. I think it's a refinement of previous program, but I'm not sure. I'm not a Sonex expert, so I will be able to tell you more about that also after yeah. after the press conference. Cool. Uh, Moonies are coming tomorrow. Always. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. and, oh, and here's something I finally found out. You know, at Sun and Fun, they had the announcement of Mooney coming back, and the announcement that the first one being built was going to be auctioned off. So. Yeah. Now I found out today that that actually went for $606,000, I think, their, their acclaim. And uh, looking forward to seeing them back in business and uh, finding out what the latest is with them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That will be cool. Yeah. What else? What do you think about some of the – any thoughts on the changes to the grounds or, uh, you know, the well, – Well, we've been looking at it, and, uh, for example, we just came back on the road here – which I'm driving along. It's like, well, this, yeah, know, this road doesn't seem like exactly where it was yeah, last know, really. year. By the way, it's a beautiful T6 taking off over our heads here. So that is a physical change that, you know, oh, well, it wasn't my imagination because you told me the whole rationale of TSA and things that did not necessarily sort of physically seen, but I went to see the the uh, vintage folks today because they've got a whole lot of interesting classics and antiques that they're going to have uh, here this year. And they have also apparently enhanced their 
seminars and forums which kind of supplement what people think, oh, that all goes on at the forum tents, but they are doing things... Uh, Down there by the Vintage Red Barn? At Vintage Red Barn. They're going to be having some seminars, uh, new techniques for polyfibering. They're going to be having welding classes. They're going to have an Ask the AME session. So they're going to have a whole lot of other daily sessions going on. They have uh, at the interview center... Each day, they're going to be highlighting a different aircraft and the restorer. So the interviewer is going to do a Q&A and find out about this. And each day's program is going to be started by them firing up an OX-5, which they think is the oldest aviation engine still in operation. Yeah, okay. And I've heard of an OX-5. Is it still airworthy? Are there airworthy aircraft run by an OX-5? I think there are. but and I be- Yes, because I think they were talking about... I, I'm not going to give wrong information but yes there are still right. OX5 we'll this is this on out. a test stand though yeah this right I've seen stand. there's a there I, years ago I don't know if you, I haven't seen them in a few years but years ago there was an exhibit here of uh, antique uh, engines and they had one of the things the thing that caught my real attention was that they had a replica running operating replica of the Wright Brothers 03 engine Right, wow. and you know, like every two hours, all day long, they'd start this thing up and run it for the duration of the flight, you know, so that you mm. could, you know, kind of imagine what, what, you know. And I mean, this was like a scary engine. I mean, this was just like a chunk of chunk of chunk of chunk of is shaking all over the place and black smoke coming out of it. And uh, but it was really interesting to see the actual, you know, style and type of engine. And I, this may be the same folks. It sounds like the same kinds of folks. This OX. I'm engine. sure they would and, be uh, familiar. If it's not the same folks, they'd be familiar with whatever you're talking. Yeah. And my understanding about those early ones, that's the 100-hour inspection is based on the fact that actually that was like the TBO at the time. Well, and, and, and yeah, there's, you know, a lot of lore and, and, and uh, uh, maybe a few facts, uh, whatnot. And I'm going to, I don't remember the name of the gentleman who was the Wright Brothers mechanic, but he basically built that engine from scratch, as I understand it. You know, he had to meet certain parameters. He had, he had to weigh only so much. It had to put out so much horsepower. It had to turn a propeller and, and all this kind of thing. And um, there's an, an FAA award given, um, I, I think it's to mechanics who have X number of years service mm-hmm. as, yeah. as licensed A&Ps and whatnot. And it's named after... Uh, the Wright Brothers mechanic, and I, I can't think of his name. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll get it and say it on we'll the podcast well, later. We'll yeah, right. Yeah. So, but um, you know, that was quite a feat. You know, it, it was as big a feat to to develop that engine and, and, and fabricate, make literally from scratch that engine as it was to make the airframe. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was a significant. Yeah, that that engine. I agree. I've read that before as well. Yeah. So uh, before we before we and there was no avgas back then. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. Right? Um, before we wrap this up, James, how, how, how's everything otherwise? Uh, how was your flight in here? You, you flew in in the Muni I again. flew in in the Muni. It was uh, beautiful weather. I uh, came, had a passenger, uh, Liz Moscrop. She's an aviation writer who I've worked with at shows uh, mm-hmm. around the world. She works with AIN as I do sometimes. Is this the woman you introduced to us earlier today yes, in the office? Yes, she came in the office. Okay, and yep. she is, yeah. she's in her first, oh, gosh, and she is just beside herself with joy. She's camping. She's already met tons of people, had these, you know, just ear-to-ear grin. So it's so nice seeing that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything else is, seems to be going very well. I'm back in New York now as of early June. Mm-hmm. 
Have you been on any exciting trips? You've been to the Orient. You seem to be going to the Orient all the well, time lately. Yeah, I, I, I was there again in May for a base. I was just in Farnborough a week ago for the. You were at Farnborough. Yes. Very cool. What was that like? What, anything in particular you saw there? Well, of course, it's a trade show for the first five days, and then they do a public display, which I wasn't for. But they had a bunch of cooler. They had the Vulcan, which has been restored. The British bomber. They just finished restoration of that. Seeing that in the air is just incredible. Yeah. It's like this huge vampire-like thing coming in, and it can do so these knife-edge flights. Klingon like, bird of prey kind of thing. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, of course, the A380 was there. The 350, for the first time, was that I saw it. I uh-huh. think that might have been the, the debut of it. Uh, Dreamliner, so uh, Eurofighter. The F-35, that was going to be the starring attraction. Of course, it was until grounded. They, until they grounded. grounded so, and it was cleared right before the end, but they made the decision not to bring it over. Yeah. So The F-35 was grounded because the Chinese put a virus in the soft. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. I, I also covered uh, UAC, which is the Russian conglomerate. And of course, you really have been all over the place, haven't you? Huh? <laughs> there were questions there about possible sanctions and what's this going to do to their commercial programs, and they were downplaying everything. But this was two days before yeah. Malaysian Airlines 17, so it would have been, first of all, the background briefing would have been canceled, I'm sure, yeah. had this already happened. So it just kind of gave you pause of the geopolitical factors at play that kind of dwarf all the things we talk right, about. Right, yeah. So, well, you're all over the place. How are we going to keep the boy down on the <laughs> North 40 after he's seen, what, EAC? Is that what he yeah, right, yeah. So, E-Base. E-Base, E-Base. E-Base is Asia. Yeah, right. I was at E-Base also in Geneva. Yeah, okay, all right, that's enough. You've, I've let your name drop enough. You can stop now. Well, all right, so uh, this is, uh, it's uh, Saturday afternoon here at uh, AirVenture 2014, and uh, uh, knock on wood, the weather's still looking great. It's, it was a really beautiful day here today, and uh, um, sun's getting ready to set. We're going out to sushi. We're going out to the traditional, uh, somewhat legendary uh, sushi dinner, and uh, and that'll be fun. And then we'll be back tomorrow for more uh, AirVenture 2014. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> That's Jeff Burnside. I'm Jack Hodgson. Thank you to James Winbrandt for uh, coming by. Oh, my pleasure dropping the hangar as always. And thank you to uh, Jack Pelton of VAA for taking some time out of his busy schedule and talking with us. And uh, uh, that's it for today. We'll be back. This is uh, UCAP 260, correction, 362. Whoa. So we're not doing a problem. Yeah, well, this is this is this, this is not a daily. This yeah, I want to talk about the numbering. <laughs> all right, we'll talk about it later on. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. This episode of Uncontrolled Airspace is made possible by the support of our generous listeners. For over seven years, we've been thrilled to enjoy the financial support and useful feedback of our awesome listeners. For information on how you can join the conversation in our forums, put something in the UCAP tip jar, or even become an underwriter of a UCAP episode, visit the UCAP homepage at uncontrolledairspace.com.